Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Here's what I'd like to do because the most important person is here, and that's Jesus. He's here. Man, as, as we were singing, as we were worshiping, the Father was just saying to my heart, I'm here. So, Father, we welcome you. Just lift your hands toward heaven with me for a moment, would you? Just right where you're at. And say this out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm here to become more like you. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. Now, just in your own way, begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. If you're saved, you've made Jesus Lord of your life, you've got lots of stuff to be thankful for. God, we just thank you. We thank you and we praise you that you love us the way that you do. We're so grateful, God, for what you've done, for what you're doing, for the future plans that you have for us. God, we're grateful. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that they're good plans, plans for a future and a hope. And God, that they're a part of your vision, that they fulfill your vision for this earth. And I thank you, Lord, you're not done. Lord, it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. It doesn't matter how dark it may seem in areas. But God, I thank you, your plans override everything. And God, we are just grateful to you. Oh, we're so thankful. We honor you this morning. We praise you. Oh, and we're so grateful, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't feel like he's done. I just feel like God wants to do something here for a moment. Praise you, God. Lord, we praise you. We thank you in this place. We thank you in this place. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, God. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you thankful this morning? Wow. <clears throat> well, turn to a neighbor and tell him how thankful you are. And then you can be seated. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Rebecca. Thank you so much, man. Don't you love this worship team? We are so thankful, so thankful for Rebecca. Glad to have Russell back on the drums. Come on, Russell. He is worshiping God by, by playing the drum set. Man, and you thought he was just beating up here. No, he's worshiping, guys. 
He is worshiping God. If you have your Bible this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn over to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43. And I felt to tackle something this morning that God had put on my heart, and that's that people dealing with the, with the idea, the thought, am I really forgiven? Am I truly forgiven? Because I, I, think, I think everybody in here, how many of you are born again? You've received Jesus. You've made him Lord of your life. Okay. Well, and, and so, you know, we're told that we pray a prayer and then one day when we go home, we'll go home to be with the Father, right? We'll go home to be in heaven. And, you know, but God has a purpose here on earth for us. And so I feel like people have confidence that they're saved. I feel like people have confidence that, you know, if I was to be something was to happen and I stepped into eternity, I would go to heaven but I feel like people struggle in the area of forgiveness, that they think somehow that Jesus' blood was not enough and because I'm, an old sin, I'm a sinner saved by grace. But wait a minute. When you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, when you've become born again, he, he forgives you. That means that he cleanses you from all unrighteousness, but I don't think that we fully understand that. Otherwise, people wouldn't be going around condemning themselves over and over and taking the bat and beating themselves over the head. I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I hadn't have done that. And they go back and they rehearse the past when the past has been wiped out. Okay, so instead of Isaiah 43, I'm going to come back there. Turn over, hold your place there, but go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's start there. Because if it's all right with you, I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me this morning. Because I'm super, super hungry. And you know what? I, I, I'm looking around going, man, God, I'm so grateful you're here. <laughs> you were the most important. I was telling Zach, we were having a conversation. I said, man, how disappointing would it be to show up at church and Jesus not be there? I mean, he is the point to this whole thing. We would not be having church, if you can hear me way in the back, we would not be having church this morning if it wasn't for Jesus. There'd be no point to this thing. We might as well go, go beat the lunch crowd and go eat somewhere. I know some of you are a fan of that, probably, and I don't blame you. Second Corinthians, are you there in chapter 5? Say amen if you are. 2 Corinthians 5, this verse 17, this is, a, this is a pretty familiar verse. Let's read it together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. So guess what? Your past, it's past. It's gone. You can't do anything about the past. You can go back and look at pictures. You can rehearse it in your mind. You can rehearse those mistakes that you made, those choices that you made maybe that weren't good. You can go back and look at the hurts and look at the pains. And you, want, you know what happens is when you, when, you, when you find yourself staring in the rearview mirror, you can't make forward progress. Not very far. Because you're going to bump into something. Because you're not focused on what's in front of you. You're focused on what's behind you. And if you're always looking back, then you won't be able to go where God needs you to go because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
some people say, well, Phil, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older and I'm, I'm retired now. And I feel like God, you know, I feel like now it's my time to, I thank God for people like Larry and Patricia who shared with me their vision for what God has in front of them. To be 80 years old and to still look in front of you and see, man, there's vision, there's purpose, there's potential out there that God still has for my life. I'm not done. My mom saw the purpose and the potential in a book, and she wrote a book and published a book. By the way, we, do we have it out there this morning? We're going to start having mom's book available out there on our bookshelf. She wrote a book. God put it in her heart when she walked through her, uh, her massive heart attack that she had, and she came out the other side. I feel like I'm supposed to write about my perspective during that time, and God put it in her heart to write a book. See, there's still things to do. Man, there's still, and but if you're continually looking back and you're beating yourself up, you'll never be able to step into the potential God has for you. You'll never be able to step into the identity that he has for you. Because when he died on the cross, he transformed your identity. You can't, you can no longer be a sinner saved by grace. Because if you're saved by grace, you're not a sinner anymore. You've been saved by grace. So, okay, so I was listening to a podcast, and they said, hey, read this book. And it, the book was recommended. I won't say the title of the book because, I, you know, I don't want to disappoint you about it. But so I started reading this book, and I, I enjoy reading books because I glean so much. But there was a chapter in this book, and I'd never heard of this person. There was a chapter in this book on, um, on hypocr- hypocrisy. And this was the stance in the book. He said, all of us are hypocrites. And I went, huh? And, and he began to elaborate about how, you know, that Jesus' blood, you know, covers our sin. And thank God it does because really our true nature is hypocrisy. And I just went, wait a minute. That's like saying I'm a sinner. If I was saved and Jesus came into my heart. I'm no longer a hypocrite. I can't be a hypocrite and a child of the living God. I can't be both. I can only be one or the other. I can't be a sinner and a child of the living God who has been forgiven. I can't be a sinner and forgiven at the same time. I'm one or the other. So my question this morning is, which one are you? Are you still holding on to the past? holding on to the sins that you committed back here? Or are you the righteousness of God in Christ? I can't be both. See, because he has made me righteous. Man, that should excite you. How in the world can David say that he is clean and righteous before God when he committed sin with Bathsheba? You know how? Because he understood the forgiveness of God. Man. Let's continue reading this scripture. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Everything has become new. Think about that word new. New is the word prototype. That specific word prototype. You know what they do when somebody invents something brand new, something that's never been invented for, they make a what? A prototype. And so now they're going to take that prototype and that's what they're going to use to build all these new products. Well, guess what? No, God didn't build any other ones besides you. 
You were born again. And then he took that old nature off of you. He put a new nature in you, a new identity. And now, all of a sudden, you're, you're a prototype. And God, threw, God didn't allow them to run them off the conveyor, conveyor belt. Okay? You're the only one. You're an original. Man, glory to God. Aren't you glad you're original? Man, man. But too many people are boasting in their ability to sin and calling it humility. That's not humility. I'm telling you, just confessing that you're a mess up is not humility. Because God, God hasn't called us to be sinners. He hasn't called us to be mess ups. He's called us to be the righteousness of God in Christ. But Phil, I mean, I've, I've sinned at times. Yeah. Well, that's why 1 John 1, 9 was written. So that we could go and we could confess our sin and he would cleanse us from all unrighteousness and we could become righteous again. Okay, you're thinking hard. I can tell. All right. Let me, let me keep going here. All right. So how many of you understand we're no longer sinners? Boasting in your ability to fail does not elevate God. It doesn't elevate God. It doesn't do anything for him. Right? And, and here's the thing that we just read that scripture. And so when I was born again, that old man died. The sinner that I was died. See, Jesus came in and he died. And my Bible says that when he died, when I received him, I died. You say, but Phil, I, you know, why, why is this carrying over? Because we're not denying ourselves taking up our cross and following him. <laughs> oh, man. Take up your cross means we die daily. I get to die to flesh daily. <laughs> and everybody does who is committed to God, who is taking up their cross and walking and living for him. And let me tell you, burning flesh doesn't smell good. It doesn't feel good to crucify the flesh. But the thing that we have to get rid of in, in ourselves so that we can pursue God with all of our heart is self. It's easy to become selfish. We are born into a selfish world. Remember kid, when you were a kid? Mine. Right? Right? It's, you don't have to practice that. That, that was a part of the curse. I mean, we were born into selfishness, but what we have to learn is how to be selfless. And you do that by denying yourself, taking up your cross. Have, have you ever gone on a diet? How many of you have ever been on a diet? Come on. All right. So you've gone on a diet and you've decided, I'm not going to eat this for a season. What are you doing? You're denying yourself the ability to eat that. Is it hard on your flesh? You betcha. Why? Because flesh wants what flesh wants. But when you deny it, then guess what you're doing? You're doing a biblical thing. When you are, when you are, are, are denying it, the ability to, to fulfill its lusts, that's dying. You're dying. 
Wow. Woo. Okay, I got to get back. Did you find Isaiah 43? Let's go back to Isaiah 43. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> see, we didn't come to church to see what we could get from him. We came to church to see how we could become more like him. You know, it's, it's been, I think, I think it's been preached about a lot uh, that we need to, you know, believe God for a car, believe God for a house, believe God for a wife, believe God for a husband, believe God for this and this and this and this. And it seems to be all about us getting something, receiving from God. But the whole goal is that I would become more like him because in Matthew 6, it says, if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that means his way of doing and being right, then all these things will be added to me. So I don't have to worry about things, chasing things, chase him. If you read Matthew 6, all the way through there, it talks about why do you worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat? Well, back in that day, those were the two most important things. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? They didn't have a lot of stuff like we have today. I mean, we've got stuff, stuff, and, and then more stuff, right? You know, they, food and clothing. That was their biggest concern back then. So when this is written, so in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about why are you worried about this? So I'm asking you the same thing. Why are you worried about getting the bigger house? Why are you worried about driving the bigger car? Why are you worried about what you can get from God? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things are added to you. Man, I remember when we, when we stepped out and we decided we were going to travel on the road and we were believing God for everything. We didn't, we didn't know how to, how to believe God because when I, was, when I was invited to come out on the road and travel, the, the, the ministry that we were traveling with, the director told me, Phil, there's no salary. Well, how many of you, that would kind of stale some motivation, right? Yeah, if you heard no salary, nobody's gonna pay you anything and woohoo, man, I'm ready to go, yeah. Where do I sign up? In fact, I even told him on the phone, I said, Terry, you're really selling this, man. You know, and he waited to tell me that last of course and so you know here I am and I'm going Lord and I don't know I don't know what it was but inside of me I thought man we need to believe God for an RV because how great would it be to have our own RV we could we could keep all of our stuff in there and we could you know we could live from from RV park to RV park and and you know you could use your own shower and have your own bathroom and sleep in your own bed at night I mean that sounds good to me. And it sounded like a good thing. Well, do you know when we stepped out, when God saw that we stepped out, he already had a woman who was a traveling nurse who had, who had then taken a job in Louisville, Kentucky, had purchased a home, and she didn't need her RV anymore. And God was already putting it on her heart to give the RV away. But she didn't know who she was going to give it to. Our CPA, our accountant found out what we were doing and he said, and we told him, we're believing God for an RV. And he said, wait a minute, there's a woman I've been helping. <laughs> I've been doing her taxes. Let me talk to her. Do you know he talked to her? She gave us a 38 foot RV to travel in. Look at this, because I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm pursuing what he wants me to do. Now his responsibility is to take care of my needs. His responsibility is to make sure that we have what we need to be able to pursue him. Wow. 
Man, and it was such a blessing. Did you find Isaiah 43? All right, so it's about being like him. Isaiah 43, look at verse 25. This is what God says about, about our sins, about our transgressions. He says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Glory to God. He will not remember them. No, I'm not just going to remember them and not mention them. I am not going to remember them. So you know what blot out means? Have you ever taken bleach and you've gotten rid of the stain? Bleach is a really good stain remover, you know, because you can use it and it'll take the stain out. That's what he did. He said, I have blotted out your transgressions. You had a big stain called sin on you. And I put bleach on it and it's completely gone. You look brand new. Thank God for that. But then notice he said, for my sake, I'm doing this. I'm doing this for my sake. What loving father wants to see a mark on his children? Wants to see something that can be held against them, that they can be judged for. Not a loving father. And then he said, I will remember it no more. He said, I am not going to, rem to bring it up again. So let me ask you this question. If God's not going to bring it up, why are you bringing it up? You may not be bringing it up to other people, but you may be bringing it up to yourself. Playing that 35 millimeter reel back in your mind. How many of you remember the 35 millimeters? You used to, we used to have the little, and you watched Batman, and you had to crank it, you know, and it flickered, you know. I'm sorry. That didn't matter. So anyway, all right. Now, okay, I want to I talk about something for a second. Turn over to 1 John. 1 John. In first, and we're going, to read, uh, we're going to read in chapter 1. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, it talks about Jesus said, hey, walk in, or God said, walk in the light as he is in the light. We're supposed to walk in the light as, as God is in the light, right? And so that's our call. But today, what I'm seeing that's happening is we don't, we don't really call sin, sin anymore. We call it a mistake. We call it a problem. They have issues. We call it, you know, they, they messed up, oops, call it an accident, right? And so there's a problem with that. There's a, there's a challenge with that because how many of you know there's a difference between a mistake and sin? Because sin comes out of the heart. It's rebellion of the heart. Sin says this, I knew better, but I did it anyway. Sin is always with knowledge. You know. A mistake is something that you miss. It's a mistake without knowledge. But sin, you knew about. And see, this is the, the importance because you're there in 1 John. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Look at what it says. It says, if we confess our sins... Notice he didn't say mistakes. If you confess your mistakes. No. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. So what this means is if you do sin, sin is with knowledge. Okay? And so... 
God hasn't called us to boast about how we're failures. What he's called us to do is that if we do sin, meaning you knew better but decided to do it anyway, now it's time to come before God and say, God, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me. And you confess your sin and guess what? He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You know what that means? That means you're made new. Thank you, God. Man, that's why Jesus died, was so that you and I could be free and we could live free. It's not a license to sin. That's not what I'm saying. So don't hear me that way, because there's, there's, some, there's some erroneous teaching. Ooh, there you go. There's some erroneous teaching going on that, 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 oh, you know, grace, the grace is there. You don't even have to get saved anymore because God's grace covers you. Well, no, no, no. Grace is empowerment. You're saved by grace through, come on. So you need the grace of God. It's the empowerment. Did I say that backwards? I don't think I did. Saved by grace through faith. So you have to have both, don't you? All right. All right, I'm going to ask Rebecca to come. I think you better. We need you. <laughs> I want to read something to you that Dan Moeller said. He said, if you take on the identity of what you did, you'll miss the identity of what he did, and you're back to square one. Wow, man. We feel more indebted to God oftentimes than, than we feel in love with him. Why? Because you're carrying sin that you don't need to carry. God hasn't designed you to carry sin. He's designed you to cast sin on him and to receive his forgiveness, receive his cleansing. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If God has forgiven you, you're forgiven. It's a done deal. It's us that keeps holding on to things and, and wanting to rehearse things. But we're not designed to rehearse things. We're supposed to receive the free gift. Let me tell you, Christmas time, you're a kid. Remember the gift under the tree, the one you had your eye on the whole month of December? And you kept looking at it and you thought, man, I know that's exactly what mom and dad got me that I, that I asked for. That's a, you remember when you, if, if you can remember back with me. And man, you're just so excited to open that gift. Would you leave that gift under the tree if it was Christmas morning? And they said, there's the gift. You can go open it now. It's got your name on it. Would you leave it sitting there? Or even worse, let's say it's a jacket that you wanted. Would you go and you open the gift and take the jacket and hang it on the hanger and just leave it in the closet if that's what you've been wanting? No. You would probably wear it the rest of the day, even inside. <laughs> You'd be wearing it everywhere. Why? It's the jacket you wanted. And here we get to serve a loving father who loves us so much and who forgives us. But we have to receive the gift of forgiveness. 
And nobody else can take it away from you. You can only let it go. Mm. Man, this is important because Satan can't stop the mercy of God. The only thing that can stop the mercy of God is me not receiving it, me not believing it. Romans chapter, well, let me, uh, I want to jump ahead. Um, Let's go to Matthew 18, just in my notes, not jump ahead in my message, but Matthew chapter 18. I want to read this and I want us to, I want us to talk about this. You can play a little louder. Come on, put some meat in it. Love it. All right, Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 23. Jesus is sharing this parable. And he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I heard about one minister that, that converted that into today's money, what that would represent, about $19 million. That was a while back. And so then it goes on to say that, but as he was not able to pay his master, he commanded him to be sold his wife and his children, all that he had, that payment be made. And the servant therefore fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. How many of you, man, you would be like, whoa, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then it says in verse 28, but that servant went out and found someone, a fellow servant of his who owed him a hundred denarii. And he converted that amount to about $500. And he said, he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not. But he went and he threw him in prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and they came and they told their master all that had been done. Then the master, after he had called him, he said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all of that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and he delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. And listen to what he says in verse 35. He says, and so my heavenly father also will do to you. If each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother, his trespass. This is an important part of us walking free, living free. We have to receive the forgiveness that God has forgiven us of. But then in turn, we have to forgive other people. I know all of you in here have been hurt at some point in your life. You've been hurt by somebody. Maybe even as soon as yesterday or this morning. I don't know. But, but there are people that can bring hurt to our lives. But this says that we need to live in remembrance of what the master did for us because the master forgave a debt I couldn't pay I couldn't it was a lot more than 19 million dollars it's a it's a debt I couldn't ever pay I could never repay it and Jesus forgave me he forgave me and you the debt and now we have somebody who comes and they do something to us they hurt us they cause pain in our life 
they disappoint us. They do something in our lives that put, places us in a position that I need to forgive. It may be something very hurtful. I knew, I knew a person that they'd been cheated on. The spouse was caught in the act. They were hurt. The family was hurt. The children were hurt. Daughter discovered it. And the spouse, the wife said, I don't know that I could ever forgive him. Well, that's where you go beyond emotion. You go beyond your thoughts, your ability, and you step into faith because sometimes you have to forgive by faith. Why? Because the feelings aren't, aren't there. The compassion is not there. The mercy is not there. But here's my question. Did God give you mercy? Did he have mercy on you? The answer is yes. He had mercy on us so that we, in turn, would have mercy on other people. So that we would forgive them and release them. Well, Phil, what if they don't forgive me? I've had that happen. I've walked up and I've, I've asked a person to forgive me for something that I did. And, and they looked at me like, it didn't happen. And I walked out of there and I went, man, God, I said, I, I, I asked them to forgive me and I, did, I didn't get forgiveness in return. And God said, it doesn't matter. You're released. And I just went, thank you. Because I'm not responsible for other people's hearts. I'm responsible for mine. Now, you want to hear one more interesting scripture? Because I'm going to couple it with this. Turn over to John. John chapter 20. It's my last scripture. Say, <laughs> John chapter 20. <laughs> Why do we want the mercy of God and yet not give it to others? God has designed us be people that pay it forward. That in turn, what we receive, give to him. Freely I've received, freely give. Mm. John chapter 20. Look at verse 23. This is Jesus talking to Peter. I want you to hear what he says here in verse 23. He says, if you forgive the sins of any. Notice what Jesus is saying. If you if we forgive the sins of any, of another person, they are forgiven them. Wow. Notice that. God has placed in my hands the ability to choose to forgive other people. He says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Uh-oh. Oops. Nicole and I knew a young lady. <clears throat> her father was abusive to her and her sister. I mean, had done really bad things. And so she had harbored unforgiveness in her heart for years and years and years. And when he was older in life and she was grown and had children now, she read this scripture. And, and it 
came alive in her. She, she came to Nicole and I and she said, I need to forgive my dad for what he's done, what he did. She said, I might very well be the one that is stopping God from being able to work in his life because of the unforgiveness I'm holding on to. Now, I know God is the God of, of impossible, okay? But listen to what she said. She made that statement, and she said, I need to go, and I need to forgive my dad. Well, she went to him. Now he's in hospice <clears throat> because he's developed a, a, a debilitating illness. And she comes to him, and she says, Dad, I want you to know I forgive you. I want you to forgive me for holding on to unforgiveness toward you. You know what happened? He got born again. <laughs> he, he got born again. God changed his life. He led one of the nurses to the Lord. And then he went home to be with the Lord, the King of Kings. Because it was like when she chose to release him when she chose to forgive him it was like whoosh this flood of God's mercy came pouring into that man's life and I want to encourage you this morning man I'm preaching to somebody this morning because I feel like I know it's more than one too but I just feel like God wants us to lay it down lay down the pride lay down the, the pain, the hurt, and choose to forgive by faith. Because if you can't do it within yourself, do it by faith. Because God's grace empowers you. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. That means you've been carrying this thing and he has given you the ability to forgive, to release. So would you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, you've been holding on to this thing. This may be a part of the reason why you've been holding on unforgiveness to yourself as well. But if that's you, if you're one of these two, if you've, if you've been harboring unforgiveness and you say, I want to release it this morning, I am choosing to forgive. Maybe it's towards somebody else or it's yourself. You haven't stepped into your rightful identity your rightful inheritance, the place that God died on the cross so that you could be, which is that place of transformation where you recognize I'm, I'm free. I am forgiven and I'm clean. If that's you, I wanna pray for you this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. God will see it. It's not important that I see it. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else, you say, that's me, thank you. You say, that's me. I am choosing to forgive. I'm choosing to release. I don't care if it's the person that cut you off this morning and you had a bad word toward them. Maybe you need to release them. Maybe you, this is something you just need to put in practice in your life. This is you. I feel like there's more. If that's you, raise your hand. Say, that's me. I'm letting go this morning. I am releasing it in Jesus' name. All right.
we're going to pray a prayer together. I've given you time, given you an opportunity, but here's the good news. If you didn't do it here, you can do it when you get in the car. You can do it when you're driving home. You can do it later in your closet and get in there by yourself and get before God and cry out to him and say, God, I'm sorry. I've been holding on to this. You know what we did as a staff? Because we had some people that were hurt when we started Vision Church. They came out of that. You know what the very first thing that we did was? We asked God to forgive us. Why? We needed to get our hearts clean. Because the way you exit a season is the way you enter a season. And I could tell some of the people were holding on to some hurt. And I said, we got to forgive. We have to. This isn't an option. Because it will hinder what God wants to do in us. This will hinder what God wants to do with you if you are not willing to forgive. Lay down your pride. Phil, are you saying that you do this? I did it yesterday. (laughs) I do it on a regular basis, man. Why? Because I can't afford my heart to get cluttered. I can't afford to allow sin to drag behind my life. Wow. So all around the room, I'd like us to pray together. We're going to pray right now. We're going to release God. We're going to free him up to be able to work in other people's lives. But most of all, we're going to free him up to be able to work to a greater degree in our lives. And by doing this, guess what? We're becoming more like him. (laughs) Glory to God, becoming more like Jesus. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray after me, everybody. Let's pray together out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for forgiving me and for cleansing me from all unrighteousness. I receive your identity. I thank you, God, that you have transformed my life and that I get to spend my life with you every day. I get to walk with you, talk with you, serve you, and obey you. And right now, God, I choose to forgive that person that hurt me. I release them now. I choose to walk in forgiveness. I release them And God, I ask you to forgive me for holding on to that. I thank you, God, for cleansing me. I receive your forgiveness. Now, just right where you are, begin to thank him all around the room. Just right where you are, just begin to lift your hands or do whatever you need to do to say, God, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, I am free, and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God. I get to fellowship with you every day. I get to walk in the light of your salvation. Oh, Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you're helping us become more like you. Thank you, God, for it. Thank you, God, for it. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Mm. I'm telling you, I feel like there's still somebody that's holding on to some pain. 
I don't know why. I just sense it in my heart. <clears throat> and I, I'm just encouraging you because maybe you're saying in your heart, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, it's not up to you. It's not up to you. It's up to him. Our responsibility is to swallow pride and to say, Lord, I release them. I forgive them. You know, sometimes I, 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 I do my best to be a good, a good dad, um, but I miss the mark sometimes. And yesterday I got frustrated over something and I said something to Zach and the Holy Spirit checked my heart as soon as I said it. And he said, you need to ask him to forgive you. Well, it took me about six more miles before I had swallowed enough pride, you know, to say, and I said, Zach, please forgive me. I was frustrated and I'm sorry. And he said, Dad, I forgive you. I'm with you. I just went. And you know what I heard this Holy Spirit say after it happened? He said, he said, Phil, that's why I like using you. Because you're willing to ask forgiveness. Because of the humility of your heart. I said, God. Man, God's so good. We have such a good father. He loves us so much. Wow. Well, give you, will you give Jesus a hand this morning, man? Come on. Give him some praise. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.